I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, January 16, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a runaway bull market. On the surface, that's what it looks like. That's the duck. The duck is, there's no end in sight. We're going to go up every single day into infinity. It's 1999 all over again. Everything has a method to the madness I'm going to circle back to the 1999 thing. We're going to get back in our lane. We're going to review the charts. We're going to give commentary on what's going on here. How high can we go? When is the end? Where is the end? And we're also going to talk about something extremely important that only comes up once in a while. It's the famous email indicator. Now, if you've been around here a while, you know I don't like indicators. They're lagging in nature, so other than the moving averages on the chart, I don't use any indicators whatsoever. I know some of you belong to the Indicator of the Month Club. You have frequent shopper points at Joe's Indicator Shop. As an aside, since we're on the topic, I'll give you my take on indicators. I've done this before. If it's a repeat for you, my fault. But the concept is worth the time if you haven't heard this before. So here it goes. You're using an indicator. We're going to make up a fake indicator for the purposes of this example. We're going to call it the Lupinacci Vector Indicator. For this, we'll go down to an hourly chart And we'll just focus in on this downtrend, which occurred, I believe, last Friday. So this high here, yeah, this was on the 10th. So this is 10.30 in the morning. The market makes a high, trades down all day long. Now, what really happened here is the market basically pulled back in a garden variety manner. And those folks that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will attest to that. We've seen this before. We've read this book before. It was essentially on time. Time is more important than price. They put in a pseudo doji candle, a little bit of a tail candle, came into a former breakout area, took off again to the upside. From a micro scale, that's pretty much what happened. That's the way we describe it over and over and over again. Let's just say that the Lupinacci vector flashed the same buy signal that we got based on what you learned from me and what I teach to you. So therefore, the indicator, the Lupinacci vector indicator, worked so if you're using the indicator you saw that it worked you made money therefore it works you're happy life goes on you fire up the indicator the next time it fires a buy signal and it doesn't work now we're not going to win every trade no matter whether it's from me from an indicator it doesn't make any difference we know we're not going to win every trade but here's what happens this is where the psyche comes in This is the psychological warfare that goes on in your head. You remember the trade from yesterday that worked. You rationalize the bad trade, the one that just didn't work, and you say, well, they're not all going to work out, but I know the indicator works because it worked before. So you use it again and again and again, and then what you find out is it works somewhere in the neighborhood of about 50% of the time. Guess what? So does a coin. The problem is you're not focused on the indicator and what it's actually doing. You get stuck and it's not you. It's all of us. It's just human nature. We think this way. We get stuck 
on the fact that it worked, therefore we have in our mind that the indicator works. Yet, it works about 50% of the time, we get stuck on it, we realize it's garbage, and we go on to what? The next indicator from Joe's Indicator Shop. Third week of the month rolls around, we get our indicator of the month, shows up in our inbox, we download it, we install it, guess what? New indicator, this one must work. That's the indicator cycle that we've gone through. Net-net, if you have something that works, that's fantastic. That's my take in the indicator game. Let's go back to the daily chart, and let's talk about the elephant in the room. We have to discuss, I'm looking for a top. This kind of ties in, in part, to the email indicator, and here's what's going on. So, I got a lot of traders saying, hey, you've been looking for a top for weeks. Yeah, I keep saying the same thing. A few weeks ago, we started talking about the third week in January. So, as a normal course of business, I'm saying we're looking for a top. It can certainly come in early, looking and assuming one's here, coming in, being short in advance of it. Those are two totally, entirely different things. When we say we're looking for a top, we're waiting for the market to issue a signal. And the signals are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. They come in a variety of different forms. I'll give you one. It's a gap in crap. At some point in time, we may get a market that's gapping up large in the morning and finishes at the lows in the day. You have, on volume, a gap in crap. That's a pretty good signal that the market is, at least from a temporary perspective, reversing. Using the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time when you see something like that happens, it's not the end, but the beginning of more downside to come. So, I just want to make sure that we're crystal clear, and I think most of you understand, but there is a small contingent of traders out there that misunderstand what's taught and what's explained in these videos on a regular and constant basis. It is mind-boggling to say the least. I try and speak clearly, concisely, and in no uncertain terms. I give you both sides of the market, I tell you I'm the umpire, and then I get a lot of traders coming over the top saying, you never tell us anything. Granted, some of these are somewhat of an extreme case, I get it, but there is a level of buffoonery involved. If you're one of the buffoons, try and pay attention a little bit better than you are. That brings me to the email indicator. What is the email indicator? Generally speaking, and it's pretty simple, I like to keep things simple if you haven't figured it out by now. So keeping it simple, the KISS theory, from time to time, I get a barrage of emails all leaning in one direction. For example, the market's crashing, and at some point, when it gets to what appears to be an extreme, the emails will start to flood in saying, hey, the market's going to go down another 20%, things are going to collapse, the world is going to come to an end, the power grid's going to shut down, we're not going to be able to buy food, all that stuff comes in. When it begins to roll in, I raise my eyebrow. When they start to flood in, it's generally right at the precipice before a turn. So the question is, what do we have now? What is the email indicator telling us? It's kind of interesting. It's somewhat of a two-way street. Bucket A is in the, the market is rigged, it'll never go down, the Fed is pumping the market along with all the other central banks around the world, it's a conspiracy theory, and these emails generally come in from traders that are constantly trying to short the market at every turn. There's a pretty healthy bucket full of these right now. Bucket B contains a whole list of reasons why 
the market's going to top next week. Now, I find that interesting. There's all kinds of reasons going on. Some of them make complete sense, and some of them are complete nonsense. But here's my point. Those are two entirely different buckets of traders. Those are two entirely different sentiment indicators. The more traders that are calling for a top, the more traders that are expecting a turn, expecting a top, the less likely we are to have an imminent top. Why is that? Because the market climbs a wall of worry. And along the way, at each notch as we go higher, at some notch as we go higher, traders cover their shorts. That's, in essence, what sends, or at least begins to send the market higher. Buying begets buying, panic buying, short covering, all of the above. And you couple that with the market is on a mission right now. It's unmistakable. It's on a mission to a destination. Whether that destination is in time or the destination is in price, it's headed for a destination. Now, my current thesis hasn't changed. But I'm also going to give you what happens if I'm wrong. Where's the market going if I'm wrong? You always have to know where the emergency exit is. So first, the thesis is the market would trade to, not necessarily up to, but trade to the third week or the week of January 20th. It's the third full trading week of the month of January of the new year. So it would trade to January 20th, at which point would make a turn. So we're not there yet, so I'm not here to say it's right or wrong. That's the thesis. Now, what happens if it's wrong? What happens if this continues to be a runaway freight train? Where are they going? Is it price or is it time? Well, it's likely both. If we can identify both, that's fantastic. We can't always identify both. Sometimes I can identify a price. Sometimes I can identify a time. In this case, since we're at new highs, I'm really working off of time. How do you do that? Very carefully. It's based on cycle work. And cycle work is a term that can go in a lot of different directions. I'm not teaching a cycle class. I'm telling you that I've done some work and I have the what if I'm wrong scenario. Now, I'm going to give it to you just because. It's not a secret. It's not going to be a secret if we begin approaching that thing. It's going to come out in the media. Other people are going to realize it. It just is what it is. It's one of those things. So if we do not, and it's a big if, if we do not have a turn that occurs next week or shortly thereafter, and the market continues to run away, while I don't have a price, it literally could be any price. It could be 200 S&P handles higher than we are now. They're basically going in SPY 10s and ES or S&P 500, 100 increments or 100 lot increments, 100 handles at a time. But here it is. Part of the cycle work includes important dates, important time frames, important turns that occurred in the market, and it's mainly big stuff. Well, that being said, anniversaries fall into that camp. Not all anniversaries will work out the same. They won't all be a turn. They won't all be a top to a bottom, a bottom to a bottom, a bottom to a top, yada, yada, yada. Some will, some won't. Same thing with cycles. So for example, we're going to use 60 as a number. We're going to use 60 as a cycle. Let's just say you identified a pivot high or a pivot low that for at least two or more times has repeated. What do I mean by that? This is a hypothetical market move. So let's say this is day one and the market moves around and let's just say for argument's sake, 
There's not 60 hashes on the screen, but let's say this is point number two and it's 60. I can't draw with this thing. I thought I could. But say that that is 60 trading days for argument's sake. And the market turns and it does it again. And then you come into another 60 trading days and all of a sudden you have another turn. I hit the wrong button and I wipe the stuff off the screen. However, we'll keep talking about it. If you continue to get a repeating event of every 60 trading days, the market makes what appears to be an important turn, that constitutes a cycle. That's one way to look at things. There is a multitude of different ways. I'm giving you a little tiny flavor. Now, what are we talking about this time around? If the market is going to continue on the freight train, what's the next important thing? The next important thing has to be time because we're at new highs. Very hard to say, well, I know where the market's going. Nobody knows where the market's going. Not where we are now, not at new highs. There is no technical analysis, within reason anyway. But here's what we're talking about. We're talking about an anniversary. Now, it's not a secret. Everybody knows it's coming up. I knew it was coming up. I never in my wildest dreams thought the market would trade all the way up to this particular anniversary. I still don't, but I realize that it's possible. Anything is possible. Using the 80-20 rule, the 80% says it won't do it. However, the 20% says it can do it. So we have to be aware. We're the umpire. What's the anniversary? March 2000 top. 20-year anniversary. March 2020. The anniversary of that top is about nine weeks away. Can the market power forward for nine weeks in a row? Probably not. Can it continue to grind higher over time and be higher nine weeks from now? Of course it can. If I'm going to be wrong in the next week thing, then that's the next thing that we're going to be looking at. You can trade it up to that if I'm wrong, and then we can trade it down away from that if I'm right. Either way, 20 years removed from the March 2000 top is important. So there's the what if I'm wrong scenario. What's doing over in Camp IWM? Well, it's obvious. They did the thing they were trying to do for the last couple of days. Look where they closed today. Now, this is a weekly chart, so we have to be aware that it doesn't matter until the close of business on Friday. But right now, today, they closed above this breakdown candle high. 169.32, the close is 169.51. That's extremely bullish any way you want to look at it, until and unless they come back below and close the week below, that's a different story. Doesn't mean the whole market is bearish. However, on the first run, it would be unlikely to close the week above. If they do, it's just bullish. However, there's a lot of overhead resistance up in that neighborhood, up in this neighborhood, any way you want to look at it. All this stuff is overhead resistance, including the former high that comes in at 173.39. So anywhere in between current price and 173.39 is normally going to be overhead resistance. If they get above 173.39 on a weekly close, watch out. That's not going to happen anytime soon, at least not by tomorrow. Transports, hot mess, bullish continuing to power forward. Last night, we talked about under normal garden variety market conditions with a chart that looks like this, could a trader be short against yesterday's high? The answer is going to be yes 100% of the time. It's not going to work out 100% of the time, but in order to get the 80-20 rule to work in your favor, 
you would have to take that trade 100% of the time. But here's the good news. Nobody got that chance because I talked about it last night and the market gapped up this morning. So therefore, we continue powering forward. When the daily chart starts to go off the map, you have to flip over to the weekly chart and you can see what's going on here. It's a very strong move in an uptrend, powering higher. We'll see where we close the week tomorrow. Again, this is all bullish, but all runs culminate some way, somehow. Is this a blow-off into next week? It certainly looks that way. I'm not changing my thesis. I just gave you the what-if-I'm-wrong part of the story. You know what we always like to say about the market? When it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. When it feels really, really right, it's generally wrong. Right now, it feels really, really wrong to be looking for a top. How about the triple Qs over in the IT department? Just continue to power forward. We really have nothing to say other than it's bullish, it's in an uptrend, there's nothing wrong with the market, it's the broken record scenario. We have to take into an account the redonkulous. So this is about 100 days ago, early October, the low was 181.82. 222.28 on close today. That's some move in 100 days. It's what we say in the business, redonkulous. But it is what it is. Price is always the absolute arbiter. And by the way, we touched on this earlier, but to reiterate, when you see bull runs like this, there's something going on that we just can't explain. This is not hedge funds. This is not pension funds, institutional money. I mean, there is buying going on, but that's not what's drawing the market up as hard and as fast on this grind the way it is. It's not just the Fed. It's all of the above. It's a unprovable, unexplainable phenomenon that's been going on over the last hundred days. It will come to an end. Whether it goes on for another nine weeks or not, we don't know. But it certainly is one for the record books. About the XLF, look what's going on here. They're creeping back up to $30.98. Now again, we're only halfway through the month. That's a monthly number, but it's a bullish pattern. It's above all the moving averages now. Yesterday dipped below, back up today. Banging on the door of the highs again, the recent highs. But they're not just recent highs. That was a double top to begin with, and the market never got rejected from this double top. Is making a bullish, flaggish pattern at double top. What's really going on under normal garden variety market conditions that's a chart's way of telling you that it's building energy to make another move higher. Now, can it fail? Absolutely it can fail, but we don't count on a failure. We look at what's going on, we call it a duck, and we say under normal garden variety market conditions, using the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, what's going to happen when the chart looks like this is, it's going to continue going up. That's the duck. How does the duck get plucked? Well, for starters, closing a day below $30.25, which is the breakup candle low. If that happens, we'll have a discussion about what's going on at the time. Until and unless that takes place, the duck is calling for higher prices. Calling balls and strikes. SMH, semiconductor space. Yesterday, pretty bad day. Could have been a tell for the tech space. Turn right around, back up in the other direction, beating on the highs, Nothing wrong with the market, party on. This market's likely going to have to have a black swan in order to have a crack in the armor. Doesn't care about impeachment. Had China fatigue, 
Part of China's behind us. You're not going to hear about China anytime soon. It's on to the next thing. What's the black swan going to be? Well, we don't know. That's why it's a black swan. You can't see it coming. Is it Iran? Who knows? Seems like they've got their own internal problems over there. They don't need to be poking the beehive outside. It's kind of a tinderbox over there. Just to reiterate real quick, we're with the Iranian people that essentially want Western stuff. Western values, Western capitalism. The best of both worlds is their culture, which they love, and Western stuff. That's really what they want. Now, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm using common sense. And with that, folks, it's a pretty good place to pull the ripcord here for today. Before I do so, I want to tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. You know that without you, these videos are not possible whatsoever. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.